and welcome to Speechless, the podcast where we read out speeches that, quite frankly, make us speechless. Sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're really bad. <laughs> um, I am joined, my name is Jay, I am Jay, my name is Jay, uh, and I'm joined by Tom and Lawrence. Hello, Hello guys. Hello, Um Anything interesting happened to you this week, speech or non-speech related? I got asked if I was me by a guy on the train. I beg your pardon? Wait, you got celebrity spotted? This is like F-list celebrity (laughs) status I've reached. Somebody had seen me on the internet. Really? And And, had actually... And said, are you Lawrence? I was like, yes. (laughs) And he may have seen me a number of times on the train, so I get a train in most days. But oh my god, you have a fan. Yeah, yeah. Not from the podcast. But you normally get the guy from the real hustle, don't you? <laughs> did you did you get his autograph? Did he no, sorry, did he get your autograph? Did you say, no, Can I, I sign think anything? He may become a client, so I have to be discreet. But oh. I think he'd been looking and had recognised mm. me, the bloke on the internet, me wow. both trains. So that's like that is now I know what it's like. Clooney's life suddenly oh has become real. You are the George Clooney of the speech writing world. <laughs> well, other than a few <laughs> rather important details. But yeah, I was recognised on the train into Marlebone. Tom, wow. were you recognised this week? Um no. Um, so what have we got uh, on the agenda this This week we have a eulogy. So a little bit of a different turn mm. from our. Right, this is a yeah. This is a new experience. We taking the piss out of <laughs> a, eulogy. a eulogy. Interesting, <laughs> but you know he. So this guy sent sent us sent it to us. He's going to be giving this eulogy in a couple of weeks' time, and he openly doesn't mind it being read or us to poke a little bit of fun at because he knows it's not perfect mm. and also he does think he needs a bit of help so mm. we're it's fine to be doing this we've got to have a laugh well in, in all seriousness i mean i've written quite a few eulogies as i know you have too lawrence and i think i'm, I'm glad that uh the person who sent this in is, is willing for us to have a laugh at it, yeah, and 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 sort of poke a bit of fun at it at its expense, yeah. Because very often and all too often, I find that that people are really very trepidatious about incorporating humor. That people are very cautious about incorporating any humor yeah. at all. And it's very British, I think, in a very British attitude. Going very morbid here to death to be like very down about it, but a lot of the time in other cultures is not the same it would so, be more also we should say the names have been changed obviously and Sally is the <laughs> the dead person um, the deceased should we start yeah well, I okay, think we should go. introduce the gentleman who sent this through I'm gonna call him Dan okay and the all I want to tell our listeners is that his real first name doesn't include any of the letters D, A or N. Ah. So there's no way of tracing him back. And we've also yeah. done replace all with his permission to, actually under his instruction, to make sure that nothing he says here could be, could be traced back. Okay, so here we go. Um, eulogy for Sally. Okay, this is how it starts. <laughs> I'm so sorry that Frank, Sasha and John cannot be there today because they are away. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god. Not dead. Is that the opening line? Yeah, that's the opening line. 
does he so why does he where's there <laughs> <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> he must be in church or in a <clears throat> place of worship or, also or... who are Frank Sasher and John <laughs> Well, sure, the audience. Presumably. You, no, but the not not really, because like it, 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 like there'd be so many people that you wouldn't know at a funeral. Well, and at a wedding, I mean, it it's the same sometimes thing. funerals only have six people. Sometimes they have sixty. We we don't yet sort of have the the, the context. The context of, but but that is a. But they are away, and they are not there. That's what we know. Is that a euphemism? Are they? I mean, where are they? <laughs> have they? Let's are they really, also dead? Okay. Many thanks to my Uncle Brian for coming all this way, though. <laughs> um, if Frank was here, he'd probably be speaking instead of me. So, Frank, who's away, Frank would have been speaking. It's contextualising. So, as I speak, please be aware that I'm speaking for us both. <laughs> Dragon, he's been possessed by Frank, <laughs> and he is just speaking as Frank and as Dan. Sorry, can I just confirm? What is the relationship between so the speaker and the deceased? We friend? will get. Uh, we don't know. You don't know. No. Okay. No, we don't know, and we don't know. <laughs> this is that we don't know any of the, the context. Is just amazing. There's just names. Then it goes on to say Sasha was also very fond of Mum. Oh. So mom. I know she'd like me to mention her and how much she loved her. We just have no idea who Sasha is. Sasha is. But, but I think now we've... For anyone in the... Anyone at the congregation who is unsure as to whose funeral they were attending... It's mum. It's, it's clearly... Uh, is that his name? Dan. 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 Dan yeah. Dan's mother. Yes. Has, um, has... Um, okay, so we've got, like, no context so far. Okay, oh, by the way, this speech has kind of been um, divided up into sort of sec- subsections. Mm-hmm. So I'll just... So this first one in capital letters says background. Okay, good. Bit of context. So, so why don't you read? How long is this subsection, though? Oh, not very long. So I'll read it. You read and it then and we'll... have a comment. Mm. Okay, here we go. Actually, before you do, I don't think it's a great start. Um, okay, here we go. Background. My mother, Sally, wasn't my real mother. She was born out of marriage, which caused a lot of scandal. So I was brought up by my grandmother, Lynette. I was brought up to believe that Sally's... Hang on. I oh fuck. I was brought up to believe that she was Sally's mother and that Sally was my mother. <laughs> Which I hope explains the background and why I'm standing here. No, it doesn't, but fine. <laughs> my mum actually died a long time ago, as did Lynette. So I felt I was moving in with my mum when I was 13. Frank was already living with her by then, as was her natural son. <laughs> So he would be better placed than me to talk uh, about those early years. Done. Okay, that bit's uh, over. Wow, this is an incredibly complex, <laughs> full of plot twists. I don't even know if we have the time to unpack the, uh, the scope. It is you know, quite the, a the family mis- tree. mystery and intrigue. I'm not sure this is entirely relevant. <laughs> because, no? <laughs> had he started by talking about Sally... We might be in a stronger position mm. rather than talking about himself. And this strange interwoven fabric of family and almost family relationships is completely. It's like having a family tree at the start. It's of amazing. A Indian novel. It does. Which I'm sound, battling with at the moment. It does sound like there is a very rich, you know, a potentially fascinating story 
in contained within that paragraph. Um, however, it is nothing if not perplexing for the audience, yeah. or audience, congregation, whatever you'll call them, attendees, who will be scratching their heads trying to figure out just what the hell is going on. Yes, so we start off very confused, and then it goes on. By the way, these are all written out as sentences, so like all of them are singular. What, like Like just, yeah, lines. individual lines. Well, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, that is, I guess, how you write out a speech, yeah. It's just, okay, right, here we go. Okay, so the next subtitle, sub, sub thing, is Sally and me. I've mentioned that Sally was a generation older than me. Sorry. But that didn't stop her being my bridesmaid, being bridesmaid at my first wedding in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. She was his bridesmaid. Yeah, that's quite cool. Okay, yeah, with Jen. Cool. Yeah, okay. Uh, six. The odd year old bridesmaid. Yeah, that is cool. What year was it? Ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah. So she'd been fifty. Fifty amazing. She was so happy that day. That's chattering. She looked so smiley, and I'm not sure I have ever felt as close to anyone as I did in Marlebone that afternoon. Marlebone. I've got all sorts of issues. He's never felt as close to anyone as he did to his mother wearing a bridesmaid's dress on the day he married his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Too much, Dan. <laughs> this is really confusing because he says all that. So he goes, she looks so smiley and I'm not sure I have ever felt as close to anyone as I did in Marlborough that afternoon. And that, in a nutshell, was Sally. <laughs> so it's not the end of the eulogy. <laughs> no. <laughs> So that was her. What? She was just smiley. She was just smiley, and um, I thought um, he felt closer to her, uh, closer to her than I than did yeah. my wife. Uh. I'm just not. I'm not I know we're we're in a grey area here between the eulogy and the wedding. Also, but. this is this is such a backhanded insult. He does next. Always the bridesmaid, and always so generous of spirit. Sorry, <laughs> she was always the bridesmaid. And always so, uh, sorry, and always so generous of spirit. Oh my. But then he does say, in many ways, she was more of a sister to me than a mother. <laughs> oh, that's all right then. That's all right then. That's fine. She would want today to be fun. Certainly is. Um, well, not today. Not today. <laughs> no, no, yes, she would. Yeah, yeah. yeah she would. She, she would want this. Uh, she didn't want that context or macabre. This is interesting. So he's gone, he's done in his subsection. So he's done Sally, then Sally and me, yeah. and the next one is Sally and us. <laughs> so oh, we'll Ralph, find out. Who, Ralph, maybe, maybe this is Frank. Okay, oh, so sorry, sorry, sorry. here we go. Sally was a legend. Ask Frank or Brian or me. <laughs> but hang on, they're not here. <laughs> If I remember correctly. They've just got to ask him. Suddenly loads of hands go up. Was she a legend? Was she? <laughs> um, a boring day became a fun day the moment she arrived. Cigarette, cuppa and smile all in hand. All of them in hand. <laughs> <laughs> smile. She had, yeah, yeah. All in well, all one hand. Nicotine just ruined her denture. <laughs> no, not her denture. Sorry, start again. All <laughs> that nicotine ruined her, <laughs> her teeth. Her teeth. Her mouth. As my kids put it so perfectly, good bants. <laughs> Sorry, good bants. Good bants. That's in the speech. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's in oh, the speech. As his kids put it, she good had good bants. Like she had good bants. Oh, she's, 
she oh, had good she sounds, like a, she, really she, cool. she sounds like a cool She lady. does. Yeah. No, she sounds super cool. Um, no one I have ever met had anything bad to say about her. That's nice. That she was so funny, not so much with jokes, but quick comments and observations. Like you, yeah. A bit like me. So Rubbish joke. Rubbish joke. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. I don't do stand-up. <laughs> Never go see me do that. Um, I don't even know. Um, she could make any politician look so silly, even if they were speaking to his... Even if they were speaking to, I'm assuming, her through the telly. <laughs> even if they were speaking to is through the telly. Us. Us through, the telly. us through the telly. What? That's not a thing. Politicians speak directly to you through the telly. Come on, Lawrence, you know. So if politicians spoke to them through the telly, she made them look silly. Yes. I think what he's trying to say is that she was like smarter than she was really any politician. She could, you know, she could cut any politician. In a quick whip of her (laughs) She earned. Okay, sorry. It goes on. She earned her money behind the bar. The life and soul of the dog and duck for so many years. That's even cooler. That is cool. She she literally does seem like what's her face from EastEnders, yeah, Barbara. She, Barbara Barbara Windsor. Barbara yeah. Windsor. So she was she was a she was a babs. She was she worked by the bar. Uh, punters would buy another drink just to stay chatting to her. The perfect bar staff. And if there was a party going on somewhere, she never disappointed. That's all super nice stuff. Yeah, right? this yeah. Is, uh, this, this is setting this, the scene. Now, now I'm starting. Yeah, we could have started with this. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I just to interrupt. Yeah. Sorry, James. We could have started with this. Oh yeah. Could have started with. Let's set the scene. It's the mid nineteen eighties. Sally's standing behind the bar at the Dog and Duck. Punters paying for an extra drink just to spend more time with her. Mm. The drinks are flowing. There's a party in the next room, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, we feel a real emotional connection. I think here we're having to dig through too much evidence. It's like a archaeology yeah. exercise. Yeah, this would have been so nice, is it? Because then we re- we now really get a good idea about what a cool woman she was. Um, okay, now we get onto the next subheading: Grandma Sally. Okay. Um, after my second marriage ended, I had this guy had a bad. After my second marriage ended, I had serious childcare issues. What? <laughs> won't his kids be there? Like, won't they be in the funeral? Will yeah. they be like there, going like, "What dad?" We don't need to know about his childcare. Although I suppose somebody's going to solve them, is she? I hope so. Four kids and just me working in the barbers. If it hadn't been for Sally, I'm not sure I'd have coped. At least my customers wouldn't have coped, as the kids would have had to sit there out of school, sit in there out of school hours. But she played with them, joked with them, and probably taught them how to smoke and drink. (laughs) (laughs) I dread to think. I like that. I know Poppy never ceases to tell the story of the time Sally tried to catch a thief on the high street, Ooh, tripped over, and chucked her umbrella at him. Even cooler. That's great. This is awesome. By far the best. Yeah. Thing we've read. Yeah. Oh, easily. After we got through that nonsense first minute or two. It's the sort of memory that will remain now that she is gone. I can't believe I'm writing that. I think that this whole Grandma Sally bit is so nice. Yeah, because he's painting a portrait of a genuinely sort of vivacious and fun loving, beer guzzling, hard smoking. Thief catching, yeah, old school, yeah. Kind of. I love Sally. Yeah, she I love seems Sally. so cool. 
Uh, finally, finally a big capital letters. This is the subsection. Thank goodness I met Sophie. Who's Sophie? Yeah. I think Sophie like is. Dallas. It is. He's <laughs> like this is an insane family tree. Jock Ewing had been a barber. Honestly, <laughs> I'm happy now. The kids are older, so Sally was relieved of childcare duties. <laughs> but she, oh my god, this is dark. Okay. But she didn't slow down, even once the cigarettes started to do their damage. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. This actually do, this actually ends in quite a nice way, so we don't go into sort of like the horrid. But have, uh, have, look, I have to say, I think what he's saying is that even as the illness set in, so let's say she got sick, you know. I, I, you the know. cigarettes took hold of her. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. You know, people get old and their lifestyle whether it's drink, whether it's a sedentary lifestyle, whether it's yeah. it might catch up with them. But I think what he's saying is that she didn't slow down. No. You know, that she kept she living kept. and smoking <laughs> yeah, until the day she died. <laughs> um, I think that really did happen. Well, it says here, her life meant fun and joy. And although it is cloudy today, the sun will always shine when I think of Sally. Again, this preemptive weather thing seems to be a very like common theme. I yeah. think he's got more luck. Do you do you think it's cloudy. metaphorically yeah. cloudy more? Um, no, because he's because otherwise he'd say it's sunny because I'm thinking of Sally. Maybe there's mm. a cloud of cigarette smoke amongst yeah. the Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe they've lit. Uh, maybe rather than they're lighting candles, there they're lighting cigarettes. Sure. I think everyone should light a cigarette for Sally. I would. Right, okay. There's someone always shouting, I think of Sally. What a woman. What a mum. What a grandma. What a friend. What a person. Quite nice. It's quite nice, yeah. isn't it? Please join us for drinks and sandwiches in the King's and Arms. <laughs> to, yeah, and bags. To share stories about the one and only Sally. I think some of that was so nice. Some of that was and nice. And some of it was, like, the beginning was ridiculous. It's so odd. It's been serious for a moment, as ever. Yes. This whole idea that you have to set the context for a speech yeah. should just be cast to the wind. If people are interested in the context, it can come later, but you've got to hook them in. You've got to get people feeling that emotional connection yeah. to the subject and to the speaker. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened there, there is some lovely, lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice maybe to know a little bit more than she smoked and smoked yeah. a lot but let, let's forget that for a moment because we had some nice anecdotes and we got a genuine feeling of, of warmth I love Sally but we didn't need to know about Dan's too much about Dan's life about Dan moving here and Dan did this and Dan did that and then he moved away and then he came back the fact she cooked him tea cakes for breakfast was lovely but this is too much about the speaker and not enough about the subject mm. And I think the way to grab people is to pull them into some really memorable and ideally enjoyable or potentially exciting part of their life and then mm. work backwards from there. Like that mugging story. The mugging story is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Picture her tripping over on the pavement. Yeah. It was chucking. What does she chuck at the thing? She throws an umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, you know, put a cigarette, a cigarette out, you know, yeah. on his face. <laughs> I I said so what what like in terms of just rounding this off and, and what what last parting words can we give to Dan to help him for the next two weeks in the next two weeks? Well, I think we say keep the second half of your eulogy. Mm-hmm. Give people much less detail. Let's remember that when you are 
receiving a speech, either, either you're in the audience or you're watching a TED talk on YouTube or whatever it might be, you have to hear what they're saying, you have to digest what they're saying, yeah. you have to decide what you're going to do, you're going to laugh, you're going to yeah. sigh, you're going to clap, and then you've got to keep listening and understand where they're going next. And by the end of it, you want to really get a sense of, of these parts of the speech that become more than that, that leave you mm. with an overall impression. And I think he gets there, but it's the, Just, the route he yeah. takes is too Long. winding, meandering and detailed. Yeah, and I think um, it, it's always worth mentioning that there is a very clear distinction between a eulogy and an obituary. And yeah. the beginning of this speech began a little bit like an obituary, mm. providing oh, kind of, she was born on, what was it, Goswell Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in, in 1942, blah, blah, blah. All these sorts of things are... Uh, eulogies shouldn't be built around fact. No. Yeah. Um, Even... I've, I'm not breaking any confidence here to say I've written some incredibly tragic eulogies at very short notice, people incapable of writing anything, mm. who have called up panicking. And even in the worst cases, every single person I've ever worked with has agreed that this has to be a celebration of the life lived, even if that life was, was a tragedy. Yeah. You can make reference to the tragedy later on, but ultimately you are there to remember the best bits. Mm. Death is the one time we do tend to forgive everything. Yes, of course. Uh, we can't necessarily forgive those first two paragraphs, though. <laughs> yeah, we can't. Um, but that was fascinating, because I think there was some of... When we were talking last week about the father of the bride, who just... Tom was talking about him being unable to come to terms with his own emotions. Mm. I think this... This Dan has got that absolutely right. Yeah. But he's just left it too late. So we can we can make a huge difference to that without very little work, a lot of deleting, and then and a, a little linking. Yeah, that. I would say it's pretty good, but we just that beginning bit would just need to get rid of. Yeah, I mean he did, you know, considering that none of us before we sat down had ever even heard of Sally. He did paint yeah. quite a lovely a vivid picture. Yeah, picture. She is the first of our three subjects who I think we feel some we know. some connection with. Yeah, absolutely. Fondness for totally nothing but fondness for Sally. Yeah, um, a little maybe, bafflement yeah. at some parts of Dan's private life. Well, who is Sophie? I'm <laughs> glad that we could. Yeah, I'm glad that we could help. Uh, again, do send us your speeches if you have, or or you have a friend's speech, or you have a silly story about a speech you heard at a wedding last weekend. Please, um, our details will be in the uh, information below when we post. Um, so check Twitter, and also you can email us uh, as well, and we'd be more than happy to read out some of your ridiculous stories or speeches. So are we are we signing off? Signing, signing off, off with, with Sally. Sally. All right. See you next time.